Welcome, everyone, to Gamers on the Go. This is episode uh, 43, I want to say. And if you listened to the last episode, you know that this episode is going to be on Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. And my guest, one of my favorite people, Pierce Corshain. Hello! I'm back, and I am so stoked to talk about this game. Yeah. Actually, I... actually, let me rephrase that. I am less stoked than I was this morning. <laughs> this morning I was really stoked, and now I'm not as stoked. But I will explain that later. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, what... Do you remember the last episode you were on? Was it I was on the Sound Shapes. Sound Shapes, episode. that was right. And then uh, I think before I think we that, that we talked about Tetris. Yeah. Yeah, and then Tetris. Uh, you, you, this is, I think this is my fourth one I've been on. I, I want to say that's true, because then you were on with uh, your brother as well to talk about, was it the first Pokemon games? Yeah, that's right. I yeah. Think we, didn't was, we do that all the way back from there? Yeah. Man. Uh, but yeah, Pierce is in a whole different part of the country now. Yeah, um, I'm in New England now. I think, actually, you've been in a different part of the country every time we've had a podcast. That's true, because I was in Florida for Sound Shapes, I was in Michigan for Tetris, and then we were in Missouri. <laughs> God, I really do move too much. <laughs> I need to stop doing that. Well, you can, you can chill out now. You're, you're in a good yeah. spot. Yeah, I think I'm going to stay here for a while. So, yeah, uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Uh, which, which version did you play? I was playing Pearl. Okay, and I was playing Diamond. Uh, okay, good. This is the fourth generation of Pokemon games. Uh, it came out April 22nd, 2007 for the Nintendo DS. Still made by Game Freak and published by Nintendo, uh, like like you'd expect. The Dream um, Team. Yeah, for sure. I, Pokemon games, they are incredible for their ability to just be consistent. Yeah, absolutely. And I know people can get bored by that and, and go like, yeah, Pokemon's just the same game every time, but it gets... It's a really good game every time, and, and the little tweaks they make seem to make quite a bit of difference. Yeah, and this is the first time I've played this far into the generations. So I've, previously I've only played Generation 1, 2, and 3, and I was really impressed with Gen 4, much more so than I was with Gen 3 when I initially played it. For sure, and, and it's well documented on this podcast that, uh, that 3 is, uh, that Ruby and Sapphire are my least favorite of of the Pokemon games, uh, just for lots of bullshit they put you through. Um, but yeah, I think Diamond tries to go back and kind of fix a lot of those problems in that it was, uh, they had like a whole different set of Pokemon. Um, I just remember Ruby and Sapphire, it felt like they were, they didn't want you to think about the old Pokemon anymore. It's like, we have this new set. Fuck whoever you thought before. Like you're not trading any of your garbage from from uh, from the first generation or second generation stuff. There's no way to get those guys. Like you're starting yeah. fresh. There's definitely a throw out the baby with the bathwater. Definitely. Sort of like throwing out my my level 100 Mew that I got through a fucking Toys R Us that I can never get again because he's stuck on a copy of Pokemon Red whose battery is probably dead anyway. So. I'll never get that. You gotta take a picture of that man and let it go. (laughs) Save something. Even like get it developed. Get like a film picture. Yeah. Put it on your wall. There you go. Yeah. At one point I had Mew, and those are glorious days. Um, Yeah. So uh, like Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire kind of pushed the reset button. Uh, Then you had Fire Red and Leaf Green, which are maybe my favorite games, uh, definitely in the series, but maybe ever. Um, They are they are great games. They're fantastic games um and then this this set came out this these are the first games that came out for ds so this was the first time we got a lot of new features for pokemon just just by way of the hardware 
Like we got online battles for the first time, online trading through the, the global trade system. No longer did you have to have a friend with the other copy of the game so you could trade your version exclusives. Uh, like for, for a person, for, a, uh, for an only child like myself, uh, this was a godsend to like, not have to worry about like talking to like my one or two friends who played Pokemon in school and be like, did, did you guys get, did you guys get Pearl or Diamond? Cause I got Diamond. And then like, it, cause before it didn't, before that was huge. It was like, man, I have, I have blue and my friend had blue. So then being an only child with, with parents who would spend money on, on me occasionally, I ended up getting a copy of red as well. You bastard. Yeah. So just so I could have like the other versions so I could have all the Pokemon. Um, and then the same with gold and gold and silver too. I think my friend, uh, Ty Fromm, who's been on the show before, I was actually on the last show to talk about Pokemon conquest. Um, like he and his brother would always get the differing versions. So they, they'd be solid. Yeah, but that, then, that's how Taylor and I work, too. We always got one or the other. But then I'd be screwed, because it's like, well, okay, Ty, which version did you get? Because I got silver. And you went, oh, I got silver, too, but my brother Ben got gold, so I guess I'll try getting two copies of those guys, and then I can trade them to you. Like, it was, <laughs> Why couldn't you just ask Ben directly? Uh, like ben, ben was, like, three years older than us and uh, uh, didn't really hang out with us at all. Uh, oh, gotcha. So there, there wasn't those opportunities. Uh, anyway... So I was really excited for for Diamond and Pearl because now I can go to this global trade system and just kind of trade whoever for whoever. Uh, And it really opened me up to a lot of, I wouldn't say, like, they're reverse trolls in a way. Like, where I'd I'd put up something, like, really stupid, uh, like some really common Pokemon, and then somebody would give me back something ridiculously crazy that I asked for. And it's, I remember getting like a level 100, uh, was it Raikou? I guess it was Raikou. Uh, like the, the electric, uh, legendary dog from gold and silver. Like he just gave me one that I was looking for one and he gave me a level 101 for, I, I can't remember like a Charmander or something. Cause I was able to breed a bunch of them. And it's like, this is, this is ridiculous. Who, who is out there doing these things? who, who is collecting legendary Pokemon and then just the giving them for free? Uh, so I, I had a really good experience uh, for most of the time, especially especially when I think back on my original time playing this game. Uh, going back and playing it again uh, this time, I have some issues uh, with Diamond and Pearl, uh, but I, I still think I like them overall as games. Um, but, uh, the DS also, the, the first DS, if anyone remembers and the, and the DS Lite, but then they took it out, uh, when the DSi and XL came out, uh, was the GBA slot that they had at the bottom of the, uh, of the DS. Uh, Pierce, did you have one of these DSs with the GBA slot? No, I just had, uh, and that's why I didn't play this game until, I mean, you know, last month, whenever I started it was because I didn't have a DS, uh, and I still don't actually, I'm borrowing my brother's, (laughs) last thing I had was a GBA. So I played, you know, Gen 3, and then once those new ones came out, I just kind of lost interest. Ah, well. Uh, well, you missed out. Uh, I did miss out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because in the way, uh, like, when when you're moving to a new hardware, especially for something like Pokemon, where, you know, from Game Boy Color to Game Boy Advance, there was no way to get those those old Pokemon onto uh, onto your new device... Like that, that kind of scared me and that, oh, uh, you know, we're moving to DS now. 
you know, there's there, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be able to get everything that I that I had from Ruby and Sapphire. And am I just am I just screwed again? Like, do I have to start all over like I did in those games? Um, but I mean, the answer is kind of yes, uh, but then but then no. Uh, so uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl make you play through the whole game honestly. Uh, you have to you know you have to collect your Pokemon from from those games, level them up, beat the Elite Four, all that. But once you do that then you gain access to the national Pokedex that opens up all the Pokemon that have ever been made um, for at least opens up the, the possibility of being able to collect those guys or trade them for other, other things. So uh, then they also had another feature called pal park, uh, which let you put in your GBA games into that GBA game slot on your DS and you'd be able to transfer six Pokemon a day each 24-hour period. Uh, I remember this really well because it was a lot of bus <laughs> trips uh, where I was doing this. Um, but yeah, each day you could send six Pokemon from Ruby, Sapphire, Leaf Green, or Fire Red uh, to your uh, Diamond, and per- Diamond or Pearl game and then be able to collect those Pokemon in a really weird safari game kind of thing. Like it wasn't, it was really easy because all you had to do was encounter the Pokemon in like the safari game and then they'd be able to be caught no matter what. Uh, So, but they wouldn't just give them to you. They had to make you work for it a little bit. And and doing the six a day was murder. Absolutely. Yeah, so I don't understand why they would limit you to six a day if they're already making you jump through hoops to get it when you do get it. Yeah, I, I have no answer for you because uh, I ask the same question most every day on the bus as I went, all right, I guess I'll take these six from Ruby now and now I'll wait and okay, now I'll take these six from Fire Red today and uh, it took it, it took weeks to get all the Pokemon you wanted over to your current game. Um but there were some other cool features too, like having one of those games just in the cartridge slot. Uh, one of those GBA games in the cartridge slot would allow you would open up the possibility for other Pokemon to be in the world, uh, just catchable. Which is a great feature. It's a it's a really cool feature for people who have you know been loyal to this series and and have those copies of those games. Uh, so you know, good on them for for at least doing something like that, but rewarding loyalty yeah for sure uh let's see other other facts about this other new features um this was this was the generation where we got the physical and special split uh at least in terms of attacks so from i believe it was was it gen one to gen two or gen two to gen three where they had the the stat split uh, I think it was. I think it was Gen Three. Uh, I know we talked about it on, or I talked about it with uh, one of my guests for either the Gold and Silver podcast or the or the Ruby and Sapphire podcast. That's up to you to to go back and listen to those. Uh, but at one point in the, in the Pokemon <laughs> history, um, the there was just I, I remember from the original games there was just a special stat. So uh, a Pokemon like Alakazam was crazy because it had a high special stat. Uh, but special worked for both offense and defense. And 
a Pokemon like Alakazam would have amazing special defense because it had amazing special attack because they were just combined into a single stat. But at one point, those stats were were actually split. So a Pokemon like Alakazam now had a, a lower special defense and wasn't as good because his special attack was was still high. Uh, right. So. It definitely made it a lot more nuanced and gave, <laughs> I think, gave a lot of Pokemon you wouldn't give a chance um, in the earlier generations. You would kind of look twice at and maybe maybe try to work with. Right. Now, now the issue was that there were Pokemon that had high uh, attack stats or high special attack stats, but the moves they learned were still very dictated by the, the type they were. So a fire-type attack would always be a special attack, um, and a fighting-type attack or a normal-type attack would always be a physical attack. Uh, and that was really bad for for some Pokemon that had really high attack stats, but they might be a more special type of Pokemon where they're not learning attacks. Like, I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head what Charizard is better at attack or special attack. Probably, it's probably pretty balanced, but, um, but like, if, if you gave it Flamethrower, well, that, that just hits special. So even if its attack was really high and its special attack wasn't so good... You know, ha- you want your fire type to have a fire type attack, and it could screw you. Um, so I, I guess I guess they saw that issue, and this is where we got the the actual attack splits. Uh, so now there could be fire attacks that were physical. Um, so we, uh, for instance, like Flame Wheel is a uh, is a physical fire attack. Yeah. So if you have a fire type Pokemon with a high attack stat but you also want it to know a fire move because it gets a bonus for attacking with something of its own type, now you can really hit the numbers to hit perfectly uh, or, or hit the be as effective as it could possibly be. Uh, and whereas a move like Hyper Beam, which it's a beam, how could it possibly be a physical attack? Um, like It is now determined as a special attack even though it's still a normal type attack. So for people who don't play Pokemon, that's probably sounded like gibberish, but I assume... It sounds like gibberish to me. <laughs> well, I, I suppose. I suppose that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but that makes a huge difference, honestly, when, when you're playing a game like that. So uh, for, for a person like you, uh, I know, and we'll get into this when we talk more about the, our actual uh, experiences playing the game, but you had a, a Gyarados uh, when you played... Uh, Gyarados has a really high attack stat and a really shitty oh. special attack stat. Oh, yeah. So when you're thinking about what HM moves to give him, what hidden moves to give him, because uh, he's a water type, yeah, of course you want Surf, but Surf is a special attack. So you might want to go with Waterfall instead because that's actually a physical attack and it hits for pretty big damage and Gyarados will be boosted by having a high attack stat that's also a water type move because he's also a water type. Uh-huh. Does that explain it a little bit better? Yeah, it does. Okay. Thank you. Cool. No problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I, I really, the only other... I, I mean, there, there are lots of other mechanical differences, uh, but let's just kind of get into, like, what your thoughts were playing the game. Like, it, this, is, this is your first time playing through this generation. So what... Yeah. So how did, how did it compare to your previous games and thoughts? 
you know, it was very positive throughout most of the game. And I was trying to think of a good, like, one-sentence kind of summary. And this is, to my opinion, this is, like, what I always wanted Pokemon to be. Um, and you're right about the consistency with Game Freak and Nintendo and then putting out these games. It's like, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, but I think this tweaked a lot of the annoyances that I had with the previous generations, the lack of Gen 1 Pokemon uh, in Gen 3. There's a lot more Gen 1 Pokemon in this one. There's also, I think, better Pokemon that they introduced. Um, granted, because of how we played through this game, I didn't get to use as many <laughs> of the new Pokemon. But, right. Um, I think they're more interesting than their, than Gen 3, at least. Um, and like just like silly little stuff, like you get the running shoes right away. Um, I think the the uh the story is a little maybe it's darker to me um especially with uh team galactic and that scene where they drain the lake and all the the fish are flopping around right i think that's actually kind of a a dark turn in a pokemon game that's you know has this kind of childish uh art style so my initial thoughts and throughout the whole game i was very pleased with how everything played i was very pleased that the the Pokemon that I was working with, um, I like. I was really happy with this game. I was not expecting to like it either. I think when I picked it up, I just kind of wanted to see what it was like, but I was expecting to dislike it just because I disliked Gen 3 so much, and um, it really surpassed a lot of expectations I had. Well, good. Uh, let, let's go back. You, you mentioned Team Galactic, and that's and, and maybe a darker tone. Uh, I, I'd probably counter that it's like a more nuanced tone. Uh, than some of the older games. Like in, in Red and yeah, Blue sure. Red and Blue and Gold and Silver, you're fighting Team Rocket. And Team Rocket's goal is we're going to get all the powerful Pokemon and then we're going to you know take over the world because now we have all the powerful Pokemon. It's, it's, a, very, um, it's a very black and white uh, stance. Uh, and not Pokemon black and white, but you know, black and white in the, right, in the right. you know, terms like that. Um, and gold silver the same way, just like oh yeah, hey, Team Rocket's back. You thought you disbanded it, but it's not, and we have the same goal, and we're going to try it again. Um, but uh, I would say like Ruby and Sapphire, despite how much I I don't really enjoy the games on their own, um, I, I really liked the story that they told, where you have you know Team Aqua, or Team Magma, and their their goal is to like it seemed like they had a, a pretty laid out goal. But it wasn't. It wasn't as dark. It seemed like they thought they were saving the world, uh, whereas you know we we need to bring all the water back. Uh, we need to flood this land. This is how you know Pokemon are supposed to live. Uh, this will bring back this godlike Pokemon uh, of the sea that that will then like kind of bring us our salvation. Whereas Team Magma was like, no, 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 no. We need more land. Land is where all the Pokemon live. And like, we, we have this other God who's going to bring, uh, bring the land that we need, uh, and our kind of salvation. And they're both wrong in that you need the balance of both to, to really work out. But, um, but those games I thought had interesting stories, despite me not actually liking the game so much. But Team Galactic, I actually don't know what their what their goal is. Like, what are they trying to achieve? Uh, obviously, they're... They just, Go ahead. Aren't they kind of like uh, environmentalists? Like, they have a, a goal of um, 
maybe I'm mixing it up with something else, but it was my understanding that they need like they knew what was good for the world, and like previous teams, um, and they were going to, to by any means necessary do this. And they, I thought they were harnessing these three legendary Pokemon in order to do that. You see, that sounds more like more like Ruby and Sapphire to me. Maybe I'm confusing it with that. Yeah, I mean, it seems like their ultimate goal. Uh, and it depends on which version you have, uh, but the ultimate goal is to collect, you know, the the legendary guy on the box. Uh, so uh, for your version, that's Palkia, who uh, yeah. is uh, the the god of uh, god of space, uh, and kind of is I don't know, like god of world building kind of stuff. Where I had Dialga in in Diamond, and he is the god of time. Uh, so. But they're, well, they're trying to, like, I thought they were trying to harness, like, unlimited energy by combining these three gods. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm a little confused on their objectives. Like, I I don't understand exactly, like, what, it seems like they're a dog chasing a car. Like, cool, you caught it, now what? Like, they they don't know what actually they're doing once they have the thing they're going after. Um but uh, I mean, they're they're called Galactic. I think they want to go to space at some point. I don't. I just don't know why they wanted to do anything. But but damn it, we stopped them. So I guess everything's okay. And I think what I really appreciated about this game, in in particular, like when you say we stopped them, they have a very cinematic experience, um, much more so than the previous generations. And so you're you're playing out a more flesh. You're playing a more fleshed out Pokemon. Than any of the other ones, I think. Especially any more of the of the previous ones, for sure. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you did talk about the uh, the the lake stuff and how they drained one of the lakes. Uh, let's kind of jump into so each each Pokemon game you know takes place in a certain region, and those regions have uh, been found to be equivalent to uh, real world places. Where this it, is Hokkaido, right? Yeah, uh, and Hokkaido is uh, the northern, uh, the northern um, island of Japan. Uh, so you kind of get, um, I mean, it's almost more like a, a Skyrim-y kind of climate. There's a lot of snow. Uh, there are a lot of lakes. There are there are these three specific lakes that all kind of tie into the story. Uh, when you go to the lakes, I think they were actually really boring. Like going going to the lake was no big deal. Uh, they weren't really interesting places to walk around, but they, they did play big into the story that that's where three of these other legendary Pokemon were that team Galactic also wanted. Uh, Again, I I feel like their goals are really all over the place and that they're just trying to collect all these really great Pokemon to do something with. Unlimited energy. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Um, Something that I found really strange was how, when this game first opens, it's uh, it's on a news segment. Like, you're in your room like you are in every Pokemon game, but uh, there's a news segment on TV talking about the, the Lake of Rage and the, the Red Gyarados and things that happened in Gold and Silver. It's like, that's that's two games ago, guys. Like, it, it's like that's... It, and I've never really seen a Pokemon game... I mean, Gold and Silver, you ended up going to the original Kanto region uh, after you beat the Elite Four, but uh, it was interesting to see a Pokemon game reference another game like that, especially one that was not 
you know, concurrent with it or not uh, directly uh, in front or after it. Um, well, and especially like the first scene, that's what you're going to give us. You kind of set the tone with that. and You make us think about another game. You're not making us think about this game. Right. And, and even further into the game, they uh, you do meet the... Um, I think it's the olivine gym leader the the one the steel gym leader her name's jasmine uh from gold and silver and she's just there and she goes hi uh yep i'm here <laughs> you don't you don't fight her you wouldn't know who the hell she is unless you played gold and silver but uh, it's just like oh yeah she's here i mean i have to imagine maybe it's kind of a tease that we were getting uh remakes of gold and silver uh that would then come out on the ds right after um, Diamond came out. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true, yeah. But it, it did seem really weird to not mention anything that happened in Ruby and Sapphire, but to mention all these things that happened in Gold and Silver. Uh, and maybe it's just because of the lake kind of theme, uh, or maybe it's just that the the Hoenn region, which is the, the one from Ruby and Sapphire, that's super south. So uh, like the, those worlds are actually nowhere close to each other. Uh, in terms of like the real world equivalents in Japan, right? Um, whereas Johto and Kanto are kind of more in the middle of Japan, where that's uh, you know the uh, Tokyo kind of region, um, and then yeah, so we've gone over all the places. And then Black and White is in New York or whatever, um, so then they're kind of moving everywhere around. Yeah, I've never played Black and White. Uh, you sh- you should. I actually think Black and White, um, while they're not, I-, I don't know if they're the best of games, but they have some really great features. Uh, and one of them uh, is actually the way they start. I think Black and White starts out incredibly quickly and lets you just go. Like you, you talked about how quickly you got the running shoes in this game. Uh, you get the running shoes super quickly in Black and White, and then they say, "Okay, yep, you're done. Go go for it and and have a great time." Whereas Pokemon games seem to almost always have this really long lead-up. There's uh, a lot of hand-holding. There's yeah. so much hand-holding. Like, in, in the first game, there wasn't so much. You had to go get that parcel for Oak and come back, and uh, you had to go through those that first area a couple times, but then pretty much you were left to your own devices. Gold and Silver, there was a lot of early backtracking where you needed to go like two towns over to meet some guy, get an egg, take it two towns back to where you were before, go further, go further again. Like there, there was a lot of backtracking in that. And then in this one, I wouldn't say there's so much backtracking. It's just every time you come to a, a new place, somebody wants to fucking Someone tell you about it. In your ear. Yes. <laughs> it, and it's just, it's, it's annoying as hell. I, I, I mean, I'm used kinda, to. When, well, when I first started playing it, when I first started playing this run through, I listened to everyone, so I kind of enjoyed it in this world building uh, for this world building reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as I got farther into the game, it became grating. And it just seemed like almost every gym leader had a reason to not be at the gym. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had well, you can't just come to a town and and fight the gym. No, that'd be way too easy. You need to go do some other bullshit, find the gym leader, have them say hi, and then they'll go, oh, okay, yeah, I guess you can, yeah, I guess you'll want to fight me or something because it's my job, so I guess I'll see you there. It's like every single time you'd come to a place and it's like, yeah, the gym leader's not here, you probably should go do something else. And it just, yeah, it, it kind of pissed me off. 
you'd think he'd have an assistant or something that could <laughs> keep him in line. Yeah. You have to be like this errand boy just to fight him. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I remember that always kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, Pierce, let me ask you, did you take part in any Pokemon contests? Uh, in the game? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, the whole time there's a lot of that kind of uh, extracurricular stuff that I just ignore. I don't. I want to meet someone and talk to them and ask them why they do that sort of thing, why it's of interest to them, but I've never even met anyone that enjoys doing those contests. Yeah. Unless you're the guy. I, and no, I am totally not the guy. I, I do not. I think I've participated in contests once just to kind of know what it was. Um, they were they were introduced in Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, they are expanded upon in in these games where it's not just one round. Now there's three rounds that all have different components. There's like a dress up component, uh, and then like some kind of dance rhythm game thing that you do, and then it's that. Uh, they call it the acting stage where you actually use moves and those moves, you know, they're no longer fire type or, or, you know, dark type or something like that. But now they are cool type or beauty type or I can't remember the other ones, but, um, but like those are supposed to do things. It's, it's fascinating in that it's a completely different way to look at Pokemon um, and to look at Pokemon moves. Like when, it is, yeah, it's a game within a game. Yeah, like when I when you think about a move like Tail Whip, it's like, oh, okay, that's that's like one of the first things that you cut when you uh, get a new level for your for your Radita or something. Right. Uh, it's like, yeah, cool. It it lowers defense, but I'd rather kill the thing first instead of waiting another turn. Uh, but you know, Tail Whip might be a really great move for a Pokemon contest. So. It's interesting to have to completely think of it in a different way. Uh, my issue with Pokemon contests is that, you know, they're obviously designed for people to play the game in this different way where they don't have to focus on the training or the battling or the fighting or anything like that. But unlike unlike a game, uh, a game that I played last year and I actually picked it up sem- semi-recently again, it's called Fantasy Life on the 3DS. Um, that game is totally open to you doing whatever the hell you want. Like there, it's all class based. So your character can go in and and you can kind of pick what class slash job thing you want to do. And you can go in and change at any time. But you know, there, there are combat classes like paladin or mercenary or archer or wizard, those kind of guys. And you can go and you can fight things in the world and level up RPG style and, and do all that kind of stuff. But then you can also say, you know what, I don't want to fight anything. I want to be a cook or I want to be a fisherman. And you just go around the world and you don't have to fight anything. And even in the story missions, like you, you go around, but there are, there's always a nonviolent way to play that game. Where you know guys could jump out at you and it says, do you want to fight or do you want to run away? And when you say that you want to run away, something else happens in the story to just stop that fight, but to continue the story on. But Um, aren't the contests just a half measure of that? Because you still have to fight. Exactly. And that's my problem with it, is that if if I'm a person who wants to play Pokemon in a different way and, and participate in these contests because I don't like the battling aspect, well then, too bad, because you still have to do the battles 
to get them into a position where they can participate in the contests. Right. Uh, so as much as I don't care about the contests, I'd really like to see Pokemon uh, evolve in a way, uh, no pun intended, uh, to to allow you to play those games without having to do the the battling stuff. If if well, that's the way you want to play the game. I'm still always going to want to be doing the, the battling and the strategy of that kind of stuff, but um, it's it's weird in that it's a secondary thing that they try to act like it's a completely separate way of playing. Uh, so that's my issue with contests. Uh, also, I feel like they screw up your Pokemon because now you're thinking of getting a cool move instead of getting the move that you need to that'll be super effective against you know, the gym leader that you're going up against, but, um, yeah. So, uh, Pierce, let's talk about honey trees. Uh, yes. I don't think you had to deal with honey trees. Um, I could get a, okay. There's dust ox and there's beautifly. One of them is flying and one of them is not. Yeah. Beautifly is flying. Dust ox is poison. I mean, let's, well, first, I mean, we're going to kind of confuse people unless we tell them what the hell's going on. That's true. Uh, Pierce and I decided, Pierce and I have played some Pokemon games before. Um, as, as you can tell from our, our talk. Um, so we decided we wanted to talk about this game, but we didn't want to just play it normally because that's, you know, a little tedious at this point because we know how Pokemon games work. They're relatively easy. Like, let's let's find a way to, to challenge ourselves. Um, so I think we've talked about on previous episodes, like Nuzlocke or, or other ways of playing Pokemon games. You, you're familiar with doing those, right? Yeah, I did a... I always pronounce it Nuzlocke. Oh, I'm sorry. Like. I mean, you, <laughs> I you're know. probably right. I have never played the game that way. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're, so we, we had a... We've had conversations, uh, I think, on this podcast and off this podcast about insta-death and kind of hardcore versions of games. Um, so, yeah, we, I did a Nuzlocke playthrough on uh, Pokemon, maybe it was Fire Red or something like that, okay. and um, really enjoyed it. So we wanted to mix it up, and we did a, a gym leader challenge this time. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and gym leader, I, I think I kind of made this up just from looking around online for alternate ways of playing Pokemon. But the idea was that we'd each be our own gym leader, which meant that we'd have to pick a type, uh, or actually we had it randomly picked for us, uh, and we could only use Pokemon of that type going through the whole game. And and the only caveat we made was that if you needed somebody for HMs, uh, for the hidden moves to actually navigate the world, that you could have a Pokemon that you weren't supposed to fight with, but it was... You know, it has to be in your party so you can use those moves. Uh, so we kind of had a, a double-blind way of, of choosing over over the internet. Uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, but you ended up with flying type, and I ended up with grass type. Um, so those were the only Pokemon that we were able to use. Uh, so we'll get into to more on exactly how that played out. But uh, we were talking about honey trees, uh, so you actually were able to find some Pokemon that uh, you could have used in those trees. Um, no, I was not actually. And here's what happened. And I think this is what made maybe I'm predicting what you're going to say. But I um, so how it works, I guess, is that you get the honey. You go up to one of like a special type of tree. I think it's just like a pine tree. 
they're golden in color. They're like golden, they're they're yeah. on the they're in the world. They look different than the other trees. You'll, you'll yeah, so you can spot them. them. They're easy to spot. Them. Um, and then you have, you have to find honey in the wild, like in um, those item balls that just look like pokeballs. What are those called? I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're just items that. Yeah, it's weird that all the items come in pokeballs. That, <laughs> but you don't get a pokeball when you get them. It's it's very right. strange. Uh, there's also a, a man who sells you honey for. 300 or 500 or something like that. Right. So you slather it on, and then you come back later, and if it's shaking, then you can encounter a Pokemon. Yeah, right? not just later. Six hours. Yeah. You have to come back six hours later <laughs> for a chance, a chance to find some rare Pokemon. Uh, I, there will always be a Pokemon on there six hours later, but a lot of them are garbage. A lot of them are garbage that you can catch in other ways, but there are some exclusive Pokemon that only show up on honey trees. Right. Um, and for a guy who's using grass, and I, I learned really quickly, as I, I am sure that you did as well, um, there aren't a ton of Pokemon to choose from from the types that we got. Right. Uh, if, if one of us got water, made in the shade. Like, there are so many water Pokemon out there. Uh, they always have been, and there probably always will be. But uh, for this one, I, I was struggling to find six, uh, and and when I did find six, they you know some of them are really really bad. Right. I like, had six, but I really only used four of them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And and we each doubled up on a couple uh, Pokemon, right? Yeah. Like you had a yeah, couple of Star two, Raptors. Yeah, I had two Star Raptors, um, and I had two Zubats for a while, but I quickly got rid of one of them. Yeah. And, and I had two Obama Snow, which is the grass ice uh, combo, um, and and they both ended up kind of getting used. But I definitely had like this is my A Obama Snow, and this is the B Obama Snow. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I hated honey trees, uh, and I had to use them to find a particular Pokemon, uh, Cherum, I think it was. And then it turned out Cherum sucked, so I didn't use it. And then I got pissed that I wasted so much time. Uh, but if you're playing the game regularly, it could be even worse because you should be looking for uh, this Pokemon called Combi, uh, which is a, a you know it's like a beehive-looking thing, a honeycomb-looking dude. Um, and Combi, it's just a honeycomb that's come to life. Yeah, basically, it's got little wings on it, and each of the honeycomb has faces. It's it, it's kind of cute. It's it's an alright Pokemon. Uh, the the problem is Combi. <sighs> Like, there are male and female versions like there are of, of pretty much any Pokemon, but uh, the male versions, like you'd assume with bees, it is a bee, uh, they don't, they can't be queens. Like, you need to, to be able to evolve a combi, you need to make sure you get a female one, which is a hell of a lot rarer to find than the male one, uh, and... They're already hella hard to find because you only can get them from honey trees. So if you want a female combi to get it to the the Vespa Queen, that is a really badass Pokemon if you can get one. Um, it's going to take a long time, and it's going to suck, and you're going to hate it. Uh, I remember when I played this game previously, uh, and getting a female combi was a really hard thing to do. <laughs> Uh, and I think it, I I don't think you could specify on the global trade system either whether you wanted a female or male. Maybe you could. I can't remember. Um, but I 
I remember trying to get one through the global trade system and nobody was given that away. Uh, so I had to get it the old fashioned way and it sucked. See, I don't like the honey system, but I'll play devil's advocate for a moment in that we were, what we were kind of talking about with the beauty contests. I like the idea of different ways to catch Pokemon other than the safari zone and other than just like walking through tall grass. Mm-hmm. So this is providing an alternative that might not be perfect, but at the same time, it's an interesting idea. I guess. Um, and my only counter to that was that they had that um, in, in gold and silver and ruby and sapphire. Eh, I don't, uh, maybe they took it out of ruby and sapphire. I can't remember, but there were trees that you could headbutt uh, and you could use headbutt to find Pokemon that way. Uh, and there were lots of trees that, and you could use headbutt at any time and you could find Pokemon through that. Um, and now they kind of took that mechanic out and replaced it with this honey mechanic that was even more arbitrary than headbutt was. Um, but I mean, and you had other ways too, like you could use rock smash and there would be Pokemon in those rocks. And, um, there, there were other ways of finding Pokemon like that. Um, or even like going to the game corner stuff and, and getting your Pokemon through those, uh, nefarious ways almost uh, <laughs> yeah yeah encouraging gambling yeah um so one of the other things that i actually really like about diamond and pearl uh, especially when compared to something like ruby and sapphire uh, is there's more of an end game so uh full disclosure pierce has not finished the game uh because for, yeah he, he found out that flying pokemon um kind of suck uh, or at least his did, right? Yeah. Um, do you want me to get into that right now? Uh, no, in just a second, we can. Uh, but just the idea that there there weren't a ton of, of great options for you, right. uh, so you weren't able to actually finish the game. I, I did finally get through it with uh, with my grass team, and I think that's mostly based on the fact that, I, that one of the starter Pokemon is grass, like it always is. Um, so I was able to have something with really good stats, with uh, a couple different types and, and able to kind of brute force my way through a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole lot more of an end game to diamond and pearl. Like once you beat the elite four, there's a whole area that has previously been unavailable to you up in the top right corner of the, of the map. Uh, and now you can go there and you can find more exclusive Pokemon and there's, uh, some tougher trainers up there. Um, Playing it back now, I didn't actually explore it too much, um, and but it, it like I think that's where the battle frontier place is, or whatever battle tower frontier, whatever thing they're calling it this time, uh, is up there. I've I've never really enjoyed playing those either because I can't get levels out of that, um, and I I don't care about making the perfect competitive team. I just want to make you know, level 100s and... and Right, yeah. I'm the same way. I just want... I want to see that number go up. Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's cool that there's more of an endgame. It's nowhere near what Gold and Silver does where they open up the whole first area back for you and you can go and explore that. That is awesome still, um, despite how... (laughs) I ended up playing uh, through Soul Silver uh, while waiting for Pierce to finish uh, (laughs) Pearl... And uh, I have some new thoughts on on Soul Silver. I thought I really liked that game, and, and maybe I don't anymore. Uh, but that's that's for another podcast. Uh, 
Um, but anyway, like just having having something to do after the game is done. That's huge. Uh, was and it was a big deal. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's an obvious thing that they should have done. I mean, they should have done it in Gen One because what were your options after you beat the game? You just do Elite Four runs. Yeah, exactly. I know that's exactly what you do. Uh, I mean, you can get Mewtwo after that. Um, was it and after the Elite Four? Or just after only the Elite Four. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's like that's all you get to do. I, and I think they fixed it for something like uh, for a uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green. Where after you beat the Elite Four in that game, then it opens up that whole new island area, uh, the Sevi Islands, um, that are are south of Kanto, which are also based on islands in Japan that are south of uh, that Tokyo kind of region. Uh, but that that led to a lot of new legendaries and a lot of a lot of new story stuff, uh, which is why I think Fire Red is still the best one in the series. But um, but yeah, like, especially with like Ruby and Sapphire, where it's like there's not actually much for you to do after the game is done, um, and I think they're they're getting a little bit better about that. Um, X and Y uh, or Pokemon X and Y had some stuff to do afterward. Uh, there were you were able to find really strong opponents to to keep leveling your guys up, uh, and then I think they even made some some good additions to the. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire remakes for 3DS that that are the last ones to have come out, um, and those are are pretty solid as well. Where you're able to still go around the world and find new legendaries that you weren't able to find before, and, and do some cool things. Um, but yeah, did you ever go underground uh, in Diamond and Pearl? Uh, no, I did not. I remember getting the. Uh... What's it's not a camping set, but what's it called? That, that the they give it to you? Explorer kit, I want to say. Explorer kit, yeah. Um, no, see, and like that's my probably like a fault of mine as a Pokemon fan is I just don't give a shit about the extra stuff. I just want to like fight shit and I want to fuck shit up and I want to level up and that's about it. So whenever I get that kind of stuff and the beauty contests and even the berries to an extent. I just pick all that shit and don't worry about planning them again. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I play the same way. The only difference is the underground actually gives you items that you really want uh, and and opens up ways of getting new Pokemon. Um, so uh, going back and playing it now, um, I, I think the underground kind of sucks. It's really barren. There's not much to do. Um, it's better with friends, but even it, it's not even that fun with friends. Like Ruby, Ruby and Sapphire opened up the possibility of having the secret bases, uh, and the underground is kind of where you can make your own secret bases for that. Um, but then you can also just find things in the walls of the underground, and you chisel out the walls in a kind of mini game, and you can find. Lots of useful items, like heart scales that allow you to uh, go to the move reminder guy um, and, and are able to get better moves. Or uh, you might even, There might even be move tutors in, in that game as well. I can't remember. They might use heart scales. But um, having heart scales is good, and you can find heart scales in the underground. Uh, you can also find the Pokemon fossils uh, for, for the two uh, fossilized Pokemon in... Um, in Diamond and Pearl, but then once you get the national Pokedex after you beat the Elite Four, uh, you can find all the other fossils from all the previous games. Oh, nice. So 
there are there are Pokemon to get down there. There's things to do down there. Uh, but going back and playing it now, I was like, man, this place. There's just nothing going on down here. Um, but you can eventually kind of find some cool stuff, and you can find like hardstone uh, that that is one of those items that boosts the power of rock moves, or uh, some other uh, like the icy rock that uh, that I think keeps hail going for like another turn or two if you have hail hail as a move uh there there are some interesting things that you can find down there uh, oh. but it is really barren and kind of boring um uh, another thing that uh i'm gonna say i didn't really like about diamond and pearl is that they took advantage of the day night cycle that uh that uh, gold and silver had uh, there were so when you play the game, it, it actually uses your internal clock and there are certain Pokemon that you can only find in the daytime or only find at the nighttime. And yeah. I hate that. I really, why it's, <laughs> see, and that was, that's, this is just another thing that I liked about, and obviously it's, it's been in previous games, but, um, about diamond and pearl is that the cities were bigger the day-night cycle was going on. It just felt so much more like a fleshed-out game. And knowing all of those extra stuff that I could do is also uh, kind of comforting because, yes, I'm playing it in this very uh, tunnel vision way, mm-hmm. but this is a, a game that's kind of breathing a lot more. And, I, I mean, I loved just knowing that it's dark out um, and I'm about to go to bed and I have to work the next morning and I can sit down and play the game and it's kind of at the same spot that I'm at in my own life, which might be looking into it way too much, <laughs> but there is something that's nice about that, something comforting about that. And I have no problem with the actual time of day being represented in the game. I have the problem with certain Pokemon can only be found at certain times of day. Uh, and that's because like, as a kid, it was totally fine. Uh, as an as an adult or relative adult, I guess, um, I have a job and responsibilities and things to do during the day and morning where I cannot play Pokemon just to find the right one that I need for morning. Um, like I have time to play you get Pokemon. Off. Huh? You get weekends off. Yeah. Okay. I have weekends, <laughs> but I yeah. It just it's. It wasn't something I really enjoyed doing. Uh, I don't enjoy like thinking that I missed something. So now I feel like I have to go back to all those areas two more times uh, during the different time period to see, like, oh, is there anything different here in this grass in the morning or, or at night? Uh, it doesn't matter so much anymore because now I can just pull up the Internet and find out when when I'm supposed to go to what route to find what Pokemon right. Or just use the global trade system and, and get one from somebody else. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never really enjoyed that aspect of restricting when you can find Pokemon. Uh, now, I, I'm all about the day and night cycle. That's, that's cool. I, I think it's neat that they take advantage of that. Uh, it's not as bad as something like Ruby and Sapphire where you could only find a Pokemon on Friday. <laughs> Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. The day and night cycle, though, and finding Pokemon during those periods, at least there's some logical sense to it because just like in the real world, you can only, you usually only find certain Pokemon at certain points of the day. Yeah, and, and I remember it a lot more. At certain points of the day. 
I mean, I remember it a lot more in in gold and silver, especially in those first couple areas where it's like, oh, if you in the daytime you're going to find Pidgey, in the nighttime you're going to find Hoot Hoot the owl, because right. of course the owl is out late at night. Or in the morning you find the ladybug, but during the day or at night you find uh, Spinarak, the the kind of more spidery one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like okay, this this makes some semblance of sense, but um, I, I still didn't like it. Um, so, okay, let's get into our talk. Um, our playthrough. Yes, our, our playthrough here. Um, you got flying, and I got grass, so uh, why don't you tell me what your, what your final team ended up being? Yeah, it was um, Gyarados, who I have on every team I ever play. If I can get Gyarados, I will play with a Gyarados. It's a great Pokemon. Pokemon. He's, he's so good, and he looks yeah. cool. He just looks cool, and that's why he was my favorite Pokemon at first, as I'm aged, because the fact that he is good is uh, another reason why I just, I love that Pokemon. Um, so I had Gyarados, I had a badass Crobat, um, a Staraptor, uh, Pelipper, the Wingle mm-hmm. uh, evolution, and then um, I had a Noctowl, and I guess, is it Chatat? Chatat? Chatat, yeah. Chatat, yeah. Because uh, you can trade for, I, th- I can't remember what the guy wants, but you can trade for one um, pretty early on in the game. And uh, yeah, that was my, my final team. I didn't use, uh, th- that actually wasn't the team I used for most of the game. Sure. Um, I had a Geodude instead of that uh, Pelipper because I needed someone that could do Rock Smash and uh, Strength and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I also had a Bidoof when I, I needed cut because you can't yeah. teach Geodude cut. That's right. So yeah, I had two um, two HM slaves that I just kind of swapped in and out, which really sucks. And that's the that's one of my big complaints about this type of playthrough is that you you have to have kind of like an empty slot on your team that you just use to to advance. Um, and yes, you can swap them out. And there were many times when I had six flying Pokemon on my team just because I wanted to play with six, especially like during gym leaders. Um, but the fact that you you need that other Pokemon to advance the game kind of hinders the fun of this type of playthrough. For sure, and and I had similar problems. Like I, like there were being a being a grass team, I could have things that had cut, but cut is such a garbage move in general that mm-hmm. you know why would you want why would you want to hinder a Pokemon like that? Uh, especially since we're already hindering ourselves by only having one main type. Um, so yeah, I, I had uh, I had two Obama Snows, uh, a Rosa Raid, uh, which could learn a lot of Psychic and Dark moves. That was helpful. Um, my uh, my Torterra, which was the starter. Um, one one quick thing. Uh, one of the interesting things about um, Diamond and Pearl is that this is the first generation where all the Pokemon, all the starter Pokemon gain a second type um throughout the through through evolution uh so like ground yeah he's grass and ground which is kind of helpful uh, unless you're going up against ice which can suck but uh but yeah other than that pretty great um but yeah like whereas previous generations had charizard which fire flying and then uh you know uh, bulbasaur venusaur was always grass poison because for whatever reason, they always had that in the first generation. That was dumb. Um, and then, 
I think Blaziken might have been firefighting uh, in the in the third in uh, Ruby and Sapphire, but um, but yeah, like every all the starters could could get a second type, and they were all interesting type combinations. So grass and ground is a type that type that was never a dual type that was never introduced before. Um, ice and steel or water and steel was a, was one that was never introduced before having a Pokemon like Empoleon. And then, uh, Infernape actually was firefighting. So it was very much like Blaziken, but, uh, interesting nonetheless. Um, sorry, back, back to my team. So Torterra was ground and grass. I got a Carnivine, uh, which is straight grass. Um, I had that Cherum that really sucked. Uh, and then, um, I I also had two HM Slavey guys. I had the the Bidoof that turned into Bibarel, and he was my Surf and Strength and Rock Smash oh, so and Cut. You leveled him up, huh? You leveled him up. I, I leveled him up solely so he could get Strength. Um, Interesting. Yeah, See, I didn't. I I kept him at level six the whole time, <laughs> and then when I I like I ran into a Geodude later on and caught Geodude at twenty, and I didn't love, I didn't use them at all. I only used them. Like if I needed to revive someone or something, so I'd throw out that guy so I could use revive, use a hyper potion, and then um, get that first attack the next when when they fainted. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would do the same thing. Uh, and my Bibarel's at at level seventeen, so it's not like he was actually used at all. But I I did for I guess that's my one little cheatery kind of thing is that I I did uh, you know level him up to get to Bibarel, so he he actually has cut strength, rock smash, and waterfall. Uh, and then I had a Pelipper as well uh, that that had Fly and Surf because uh, I I had no way of of doing that with my Grass Pokemon. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I always had to kind of have two HM Slave guys to to just get through stuff. But when I when I fought the Elite Four, I focused on my on my main team of two Obama Snow, Torterra, Roserade, Carnivine, and Cherim. Um, so uh, how did how did it go for you? Um, it was, you know, it was a rough start because you, the first gym is Rourke, who's a, a rock uh, type. And flying just does nothing against those kind of Pokemon. Yeah, you're going up against a Geodude, an Onix, and a Kranidos. And, like, yeah, there's... Yeah, and that Kranidos in particular is... Just, he'll just own you. <laughs> and so... Um, I'm trying to, I'm looking at my notes to see who I had. I had two uh, Starleys, um, but I guess we're probably Staravias by the time um, I got there. And then I had a Zubat, and that's it. I think I just had those three because um, I didn't have the Noctowl yet. Oh, I, I had two Zubats, so two Staravias and two Zubats. What I found out was that I could, you get the uh, TM hidden move pretty quickly, and... Um, if I taught that to Zubat, it was super effective on rock types. And so... Oh, you I mean hidden power. Out, um, I just spammed that, and I finally got through it. But it, it still took me, I think, eight or nine hours to get to that point. Wow. And I died a lot on it, and I was trying different things. And like At a certain point, there, there's a luck factor that you need to get past some of these uh, gym leaders if you're like on the, on the negative side of the, the type battle. So, um, I just needed him to like use Growler or Tail Whip or whatever the you know the status moves are and did right. not do damage to me. Um, and then just kind of get lucky with hidden move critting or something like that. Um, 
And so I finally, I snuck past him. But once I got past that, that gym, it was pretty smooth sailing for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, the then, next one's grass, so you'll have no problem with that. The next one's yeah. fighting, so you still have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, water is relatively easy. I guess they might have ice moves, but um, probably get through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Ghost. Uh, I had trouble with Ghost, uh, especially because the first one's Ghost Flying. Uh, but just, I didn't have a whole lot of stuff that did well against ghosts. Uh, so that kind of sucked for me. Uh, and then, we, I'm sure we both had some trouble with Steel. Yeah, Steel and um, the last three gyms I, I <laughs> yeah. slowed me down. Steel, ice, and electricity. Uh, yeah, you were fucked. You are fucked, yeah. my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, you know, Steel was actually um, surprisingly not as bad uh, because I had Gyarados at that point. And I could use surf, mm-hmm. um, and then I accidentally taught him waterfall, uh, which pissed me off because I taught it to him. I, I might have had a couple of beers or something like that, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just like, I'll, I'll um, shut this down and just like bring it back up because um, I only wanted them to have surf. I didn't know the difference between the special uh, that we were talking about earlier that could right. be better with waterfall. But um, yeah, and then I just kept playing it. So like that kind of sucks that my Gyarados has two HM moves uh, out of the four. Uh, yeah. um, but with that being said, uh, that was before I had um, Pelipper. So I just used Gyarados to get through most of the steel because you can use Surf. and um, I don't know if you get Waterfall yet, but I just used those water moves and it was fine. But yeah, ice and electric. Whew, those are those are rough battles. Yeah, uh, and one of the things that I found in this game more than more than the other ones is that the the gym leaders really have some stuff that kind of fucks you over. Um, They're tougher, yeah. It definitely it seemed. More, I mean, granted, I I'm coming into this um, playing like a harder difficulty, so to speak. But it seemed like the gym leaders were tougher this time around, especially because they would like, have they would have Pokemon that were solely there to destroy your strategy. Right. Yeah. Like two, the last two gym leaders even have Pokemon that don't fit the type they they are mm-hmm. like uh the, the seventh gym candace is supposed to be ice and she's got a metacham who's a fighting psychic i mean it what? has ice punch but like what the hell what 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 the hell man <laughs> that's not cool yeah and i it, it's funny because in previous playthroughs i i was built like um uh balance teams and so It'd be fine because you could just like switch out someone else if if they were trying to trip you up. But in this one, um, I didn't look. I didn't want to look too much into the Pokemon that they had, um, and so there it wasn't. It's kind of surprising, and it's a nice surprise to see something different come around because I don't know. It's a little bit more like playing a human being. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I didn't. I tried to not look uh, too much into it either. Uh, I, I would say I had a relatively, uh, at least comparatively, easy time um, than you for sure. For certain, um, when it came through like fighting gym leaders, um, the Elite Four was a little rougher for me because uh, you have to go through Bug uh, and uh, I mean it's Bug, Ground, Fire, and Psychic. Uh, so Ground I was great on, like no problems there. But Bugs and Fire. <laughs> And psychics all kind of rough up uh, my grass types quite a bit, uh, and especially uh, the the last psychic guy uh, he uses Bronzong, 
uh, which has, you know, it's a steel psychic type, but it also has the levitate ability, so I can't hit it with ground moves. Right. So there was just nothing I could really do. I can't even remember how I beat him. I think I was just hitting him with grass moves that were not very effective, but at least I was getting enough damage to stop him. What is he weak to? Uh, fire. Like, fire is the one you got to okay. go with on that. Yeah. Or, or ghost. I think ghost will still work, too. Um, and I just had... I had very little that could do anything. Yeah. Actually, so... Yeah. Well, okay. Um, see, that's where I'm at right now, is that the first three of the Elite Four, and I've played... Um, I've failed on them, like, three times, I think, now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first three are, like, they're tough, but I can get through them, because Bug's super easy. Um... Even though with Bug, they have a... Uh, what's that Scorpion evolution? What's it called? Uh, Drapion? Yeah, he's yeah. Poison Dark. He's not even he's Poison Dark. Bug he's not even Bug. Uh, and Vespa Queen has a really powerful uh, rock move in Power Gem as well, yeah. if she can yeah. hit you. So that does a shitload of damage. and um, that, That's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the, uh, the Pokemon that are just there to trip you up. I think that's even more evident on the Elite Four because... Trapion comes out and just fucks up my plan. I can't just sit on my Star Raptor and just, like, use my flying attacks and just one-hit these guys anymore. Um, and so, like, ground I can handle and fire I can handle because I have Gyarados and Pelipper and I can use water moves. Right. Um, but once I get to the Psychic, that just... Especially because some, some of those Psychic Pokemon that... Um, this guy has, they have electric attacks. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got Alakazam so, that's going to yeah. completely fuck you up with stuff. Yeah, so, like, Thunderbolt or Thunder Punch, those are one hit on just about every one of my Pokemon. And then, like, even my Crobat gets one-hitted from uh, Psychic. So... Right. Oh, man. The embarrassing part, what I was kind of alluding to earlier, um, kind of, I think when we were texting or something like that, was that in this final playthrough, I almost got completely wiped by Mr. Mime. <laughs> and he would like he'd you he'd like up his defense and he up, I think he has uh he has reflect and then he has um some like special defense uh buff but I can't remember what it's called. Right. Uh, but yeah. and then yeah he'll just use like thunderbolt or something and just just kill me every time. So there was a particularly embarrassing moment where I was juggling these Pokemon and trying to revive them just to fucking beat Mr. Mime of all Pokemon. <laughs> and, like, the only more embarrassing Pokemon there is is, like, Jinx, I think. <laughs> um, and, like, even, like, once I get past that, it's still an uphill climb because, like you said, Alakazam can just wreck my shit. And then that's not even counting the Bronzong, um, who I think on my, like, first playthrough, I got to him. And then these last two ones, I can't even get. I can't even get to the point where he brings that guy out. Yeah, like not uh, that it's not that it's going to be able to help you a, a heck of a lot. Uh, but I know Gyarados can learn flamethrower. So uh, yeah, and that's like I might put that in instead of hyper beam or something, just yeah. because. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't, and and I actually going into this, I I did a little more research on my Elite Four, and I was like, okay, so what TMs do I have, and what can I? teach these guys so being able to teach um crowbat a couple dark moves is okay because uh payback's actually a pretty decent move mm-hmm. especially if you can hit first um and yeah it's just i don't know what i'm gonna do i think i'm gonna i have to grind out some more levels because they are really under leveled um but it's just gonna take a lot more time before i can even get to the, the champion for sure uh, and yeah it, it's kind of weird like i for for using 
Pokemon of a certain type, which meant I basically kept the same team the whole way through. Like they they were somewhat under leveled. I think the only one yeah. that I have that you know I had I have a level sixty one Torterra, which is kind of right on par with what it kind of needs to be. But everyone else was like in their highish fifties. And I thought to myself, like, how is this possible? These are the only guys I've been using the whole game. How could right. I possibly yeah. be underleveled for My this guys shit? are in their low 50s, high 40s, even. And so maybe it's impressive that I can even get to the last Pokemon on the last of the Elite Four. But I just need to grind. or I, Like, right now, I'm just making runs against them and just not using that many potions and just, you know, just leveling up, right. <laughs> essentially. Um, well, uh, yeah, so did you... Have you been enjoying? I, I, obviously, there's there's some frustration going on with this gym leader challenge. But have you enjoyed the idea, the the new way of playing Pokemon like this? I really have, and you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I always have a Gyarados in my team. Sure. Um, so it was cool that I, I got to have that. It, it was kind of a rough start for me, and that's just annoying um, in terms of the rock. But also, even like once you get a starter, you have to go find a flying Pokemon. And so there are Starlies pretty easy to get, but I had a rule that I would get the Starly and then I would get them up to level five because that's where the starters start. Mm-hmm. And then, so I did that and I just released the, whatever starter I chose. Um, and so like, it's kind of, it take, takes a little while to get going and you're right. It is hard to find these Pokemon, but the last half of the game, even as difficult as it is, and part of the fun is that it's difficult, uh, but the last half of the game, you start to really know these Pokemon that I normally would never have played with, like Shatat, I never would have, um, uh, you know, traded for and used for as long as I did. And Noctowl, same thing. Um, these are Pokemon that I like, I just kind of caught to put in my Pokedex in the past. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of understanding their, their moveset and their, their nuances and how to use them. And in addition to that, you can't just like brute force through everything. And that's what I've done in the past. You just pick the most powerful guys and you just hit them with whatever type is effective. Um, and now that I don't have that advantage, I need to have these really balanced um, flying types. Like you teach them different types of moves. Um, and you keep, like you're, you're much more careful about what moves you keep and get rid of because you don't want all flying moves. <laughs> right. Uh, and yeah, I, I think I really like the challenge, um, even though I'm having this difficulty with it. And this is part of the challenge. I mean, this is what makes it hard. So I would definitely recommend it to anyone that is like trying to mix it up and trying that still loves Pokemon but doesn't really want to play the same game again. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and and I will uh, second those sentiments. Like Roserade, even though he's he's been used by Elite Four people, I know he's a good Pokemon. It was never something I would have used. Um, and, and something like Cherim, I would have probably never even really gone after except to get it in the Pokedex, but to, to use some of these Pokemon to see some of their skills, to, uh, to be able to, uh, strategize a little bit deeper. And, you know, I, I think for both of us, this was one of the first times that we've actually used two copies of a single Pokemon. Yeah. So I had, uh, I had Staravia, I guess, because he wasn't a Staraptor yet. Um, for a long time, I used two of those. Yeah. Um, and and I, it was awesome. And like you said, you have like an A and you have a B. When you favor one. Right, definitely. But and but the cool thing is that you can give them different moves as well. Yeah. So they can you, they can be a little more situational. 
and and somebody like Obama Snow for me, like having being able to have other types, uh, being limited to one type, and knowing you have to find the interesting dual types to be able to uh, fill out your team a little bit more. So something you know that's ice and grass is a godsend when all you have right now is grass. So if like, man, it was great to have something that could stop a flying Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, which was it was just murdering me before, uh, and having grass and ground is great when you're going up against fire that is usually destroying you. Um, but just to to be able to have some options, but not all of the options available to you, is is a really cool way to play the game. Uh, and I think if I do, I mean, it, it, going by everything else that's happened on this podcast, there will be a black and white a Pokemon black and white podcast at some point. Uh, probably far into the future, but uh, I think this is a way that I'd love to play that game as well. Um, but... Yeah, and you know, we did uh, we did it randomly, which you mentioned earlier. Um, Chase had a uh, a list on his end, and I picked a number out of random, and then whatever was whatever that number corresponded with, that's the type I got. Yeah, and uh, we picked we I... picked the types that were available that you could get before the first gym. Because I, I, we didn't want to be able to, we didn't want to have to go through the first gym without our our right type. Right. I think I'd suggest that to anyone that would want to play that, do the same thing. Yeah. So, like, we weren't getting dragons or anything like that. But you know, there were, when we looked it up, there were psychic Pokemon and, and electric Pokemon and flying and ground and rock. And, and there were actually lots of good options uh, that that gave us a good range uh, before that, for that first boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I don't know if I would suggest people doing that randomly. Maybe if you really like a type, or if you like one of the starters, I would just pick one of those. Yeah, um, I think random made it made it fun for us because I don't think I don't think either of us would have chosen the types that we got. Right, um, and it made us play it in a different way. But um, yeah, I, I I think it would be nice if. If I could have said, well, you know, I, I'd really like to play as water just because I know there are going to be a lot of good water Pokemon and it'll be fun to find the right ones. Um, but yeah, when it when it came to grass, it was, <laughs> I ended up looking up the Pokedex right after. And it's like, okay, here's what I can get before I fight the Elite Four. Because uh, after the Elite Four, when the National Dex opens up, then you can get tons and tons. But like the ones that are available to you for just beating the game. It's like, man, I there is not much here. And you look oh. down their move list and you go, man, they don't learn anything either. Like, this is going to be rough. But how has your um, opinion of those Pokemon changed since looking at that list and playing through the game with them? Um, I, I mean, I definitely look at a Pokemon like Roserade with a little bit more reverence. Uh, uh, Obama Snow, I've enjoyed in the past uh, and and think I I might treat it a little better now as a as a good viable option. Uh, having a starter Pokemon like Torterra kind of skewed my view a little bit, where I I was still able to choose a powerful Pokemon that I would have used anyway. Right. Um, so that that probably didn't help things as much, but. Uh, and then, like Pokemon, like Carnivine and Cherum, I, I, you know, they were leveled, but they, they just, they still weren't very good. Um, but it was, it was interesting to be able to use them at least. And and Carnivine can learn some dark moves too. So there was, there were some reasons to still use some of those guys. Um, 
but yeah, sure. it's interesting for sure. I, I enjoyed it, and I'd love to do black and white like that. Um, speaking of, uh, we so Ruby and Sapphire just got remakes in Alpha Ruby and Omega or Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on deck for uh, a whole new set of Pokemon games in a in a whole new region. Uh, if if Game Freak continues its pattern of new game remake of old game, new game remake of old game. Um, so we don't know anything about what that next version is really going to be about. Um, I assume it's going to come out in the next you know year or so. Uh, but then we should be receiving remakes of uh, uh, Diamond and Pearl should be on deck uh, after that. So. What is there anything that you can think of, and and you don't have a 3ds, correct? No, I just borrow my brother's. Right, so it's going to be a little, maybe it's a little tougher for you to answer. But is there is there anything you'd like to see out of a remake of Diamond and Pearl? Like, what would you like to see improved upon? What would you like to see feature wise uh, cut or or things that? I mean, I guess you're not quite as familiar with with other things that have been added in in yeah. later games like uh like mega evolution and that kind of stuff um yeah um i think if you're looking at the hardware um obviously making it in 3d would be <laughs> sure like the obvious thing um i think you could do a lot more with those apps that they have in um yeah the the poketch yeah the poketch whatever yeah. they are um and that was kind of cool uh, you know, running into people and them giving you apps um, that you could customize your bottom screen while you were walking around the world. I didn't um, find them. I didn't find them very helpful. Uh, no, especially because I thought. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just thought it was like a, you know, it's a good start. And what I mostly just left it on was the just the Pokemon status. Right. Um, but what also kind of sucked about that, just could be easily improved. I think is it didn't update um, like in real time. So if one of your Pokemon was poisoned, I don't think you'd see that, and you're walking around still, I don't think you'd see that health bar tick down. Yeah, um, you had to, like, go in a building or something for it right. to, to refresh. And then same with, uh, like, after you healed them. Um, it, it's just, like, a little thing. Like, I, once I've finally gotten to a Poké Center and my team's just decimated, I want to see all those life bars go back to the top. <laughs> but I, still, I have to, like, go into a menu or step outside in order to see it, everything everything refreshed right so and those actually those actually are improved uh if you play something like soul silver uh or heart gold or even further in when you play black and white or black and white 2 or x and y or alpha sapphire ruby uh or alpha yeah sapphire and omega ruby like those they they have new things it's not exactly the same poke etch whatever uh but it's they have similar functions and, and you're able to get a lot more out of it um but you know, as as an introduction to a, a second screen experience in a Pokemon game, like that that was kind of cool to be able to have the time or be able to count your number of steps. If especially if you knew like um, like you could go in, you could see how many steps it was going to take for an egg to hatch. Uh, you yeah, could use huge. that that's step awesome. counter and and be able to kind of give a better idea. Um, or even just having the map up there was was nice. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely does get improved, but I, I would like to see those improvements come back to a remake of, of diamond and, and, right. diamond and pearl. Um, 
So are, are you aware at all of the concept of mega evolution from X and Y? Uh, only from the Pokemon cards, actually. Okay. For a brief shining moment, a couple weeks, uh, all my friends got into uh, Pokemon cards <laughs> And we were playing... Uh, such a great story. Playing with Dex and stuff like that, yeah. And then that faded very quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so Pokemon mega evolution is, is kind of a temporary evolution. Uh, the, uh, it's an item that you can give... To your poke to specific Pokemon, uh, and it'll like you'll know it because it's like the the Charizardite X is can only be given to Charizard and and only in the X version instead of Y. Um, but they'll they'll allow you to mega evolve a Pokemon during a battle, but then once that battle's over, they'll go back to being Charizard or yeah. whatever. Um, so. It has been really cool because they they get new abilities and and sometimes type changes. Like I think uh, Gyarados uh, goes goes from water flying to like dragon flying or dragon water. I can't remember what his his type is, but like when it becomes Mega Gyarados, it it changes not only its appearance but its types too. Uh, so there are lots of cool things that the Mega Evolution can do. Uh, but just playing through the game, is there any Pokemon from Diamond and Pearl that you would like to see a Mega Evolution for? Um, I didn't get to play with too many of the different ones. Sure. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess my answer for my flying team would be uh, Staraptor. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, yeah, he came out in Gen 4, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, and especially because Staraptor looks really doofy. To begin with, he has like this flock of seagulls haircut yeah. going on, uh-huh. and um, that's great. Yeah, I mean, if, if if for nothing else, just give him a better appearance temporarily. <laughs> um, but also, he's just like a dope Pokemon. That'd be cool to see. Yeah, uh, especially because those early birds usually are are never treated that well. Um, I think Pidgeot uh, has a Mega Evolution, uh, but yeah, all the all the other birds are kind of just not even worried about anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it, were, there, were there any Pokemon that came out of Gen 4, and, and obviously you didn't get to experience a lot of them, but uh, what was your favorite new one? Like whether it was um, something you were able to play with or fight against, but like what, what Pokemon kind of stood out to you as something from Gen 4 that you'd never played with before that you thought was cool? Mm-hmm. Do you want to answer that question? I'll think about it for a moment. Sure. Yeah, I've got two. Um, one that <laughs> one that has always eluded me uh, has been Darkrai, which is the the dark and ghost legendary Pokemon that you could only get through an event. Um, I, I still so <sighs> Diamond and Pearl, or my copy Diamond, is the first Pokemon game since Red that I've gotten all the Pokemon in. Um, but I had to do it through cheating. Like this is the first Pokemon game that I cheated on. Uh, and because the DS has enough flash cart stuff going on that you were able to, you know, get a, a cheated save from somebody else that has everything. So I was able to finally use a dark eye at one point, but, uh, because it's a, a fake copy, uh, I couldn't transfer it to the newer games. Um, but I, I think Darkrai is awesome. Uh, he has a really cool design. He has some great moves. 
um, and I'd like to get one. I, and I believe you can get one. You have to play one of the Pokemon Ranger games or Mystery Dungeon games, and then you get like a Darkrai egg, and then you can transfer that over. Uh, but that's a lot of work that I'm not really interested in doing. Uh, but that Pokemon is really badass. Uh, in terms of a Pokemon that isn't a legendary, one that I actually can use and, and people can go out there and find relatively easily, uh, Galaday, for sure. Um, so Ralts is, is one of those first psychic types that you can find early in the game. Uh-huh. And uh, Ralts has two final evolutions. Uh, one is the Gardevoir that's kind of like the female version, even though you can have male Gardevoir. Uh, but then I think Galaday has to be male, and then you have to use uh, a specific item like the Dawnstone, I want to say, uh, to to evolve it. Uh, but Galaday is awesome. It's psychic fighting. It's a really cool uh, combination of, of uh, types. Uh, and then he can learn Leaf Blade as well, and he has really high attack. So uh, you can get this really great psychic fighting Pokemon with a great physical grass attack, uh, and and he has a just a lot of cool moves, and I think he looks pretty cool too. So so Galaday is definitely my choice in terms of best new Pokemon from Gen Four. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about him a lot earlier, and I know you got to use him, but I always I did like Obama Snow uh, whenever I faced him. He was also really easy to kill because he uh, he was a grass type. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't know enough about uh, the Gen 3 and 4, despite having played both of them now. I don't know which ones came out in each. Um, sure, you but, don't know what the version exclusive is. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Um, what, are, like, what, what do you have and I don't have uh, in terms of exclusives for Pearl and Diamond? Oh, you know? um, like the actual exclusives? I'd have to yeah. look that up. I, um, I think I looked it up when we first played just to make sure there wasn't a grass type, and I don't think there was, but uh, let me look that up real quick yeah. um, while that happens. Um, I think this is sort of on topic, sort of off topic. Um, if I were to go through this again, I would want to do either Ghost, Dark, or Psychic in terms of uh, the gym leader challenge. Um, especially ghosts. Like, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for ghost types. And, um, yeah, in the future, if I'm going to do a gym leader um, challenge, I, and, I, and I get to pick, instead of you getting your trickery and giving me a shitty type, um, <laughs> yeah, I would pick Yeah, ghosts. it was all my fault. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think ghost types are pretty awesome, too. Uh, I've always liked ghost types since Gengar... Uh, from Generation 1, who still, I think, is totally kind of screwed over because they gave him that secondary poison type that just still lets the psychics run all over the place. But, uh, but yeah, I think Gengar is a really badass Pokemon. And, and a lot of ghost Pokemon have come out that have been pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Miss so. uh, Magnus or Mistrevious. Mm-hmm. Yep. That uh, whole evolution is awesome. And then uh, this one might have even come later... Yeah, it must have come later than you would know, but there's a... Oh, damn it. Now I can't remember the name. It's a it's a chandelier ghost Pokemon that's uh, ghost and fire, which is a really badass Pokemon. Oh, no, he, he, they're in... Are they in Gen 3? Uh, 
he, he might be. I, I can't remember anymore. Um, as far as version exclusives go, um, exclusive to Diamond is Seal Dugong, uh, Scyther and Sizor, uh, Murkrow, uh, yeah. the Tyranitar family, um, the Agron family. Uh, there's some kind of cool stuff. Kranidos and, and Rampardos. Um, yeah, so I mean, really, the only one you missed out on, I guess, was ha- was a uh, Murkrow and Honchkrow, right? Um, which are also kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, and that would have been dark and flying, so that would have been something you could have taken advantage of. Oh, I guess Scyther is also bug and flying, but oh, yeah. you could. Man, I could I could actually really use that dark. And... Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's see, what do you have? You had Slowpoke and Slowbro, Pincer. <laughs> Uh, Houndor and Houndoom, which are pretty cool. Whalerin. Uh, oh, you you could have gotten uh, Salamence. I mean, those those start out oh, as yeah. dragons, but the last one's Dragonflying. That probably could have helped yeah, you out sure. a bit. Um, so if you do want to finish the game, that might be something to go after. I do want to finish the game. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. <laughs> you, are, you are pretty close. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some cool stuff in in those games. Um, and what's, what's really exciting for me is that I'd only played through diamond once. Um, and, and whereas a lot of other Pokemon games, especially the earlier versions, I played through multiple, multiple times. Um, but, uh, for, for diamond, I only had the one copy and I didn't want to kill my save at all. So I never restarted it, um, and and now I had no problem with restarting it because I was able to bank put all those Pokemon into the Pokemon bank and transfer them over through games and generations and generations and and finally get them to my new versions. Um, so I had no problem just wiping that one clean and starting over again. Um, but it's the same. It's the same for most games after, uh, I guess, Ruby and Sapphire. And even that, those games I probably didn't play too many times. Uh, but I don't, rem- I didn't remember much about Diamond and Pearl in terms of story. Um, so it was really cool to go back and, and be able to uh, experience a somewhat new adventure because uh, it had just been so long that I'd forgotten most about it. Um, and it makes me really excited for to play uh, Black and White or Black and White 2 again as just... Like, man, I, I don't remember anything about those games other than just like, man, that game started out really quickly. And maybe a couple of the exclusive Pokemon, that the, the new Pokemon that come out in those versions. But I, I couldn't tell you anything about the gym leaders. I can't remember what the the um, the team, uh, the like the Team Rocket oh, equivalent that, yeah. that I'm going after. <laughs> the terrorists. Yeah, like who I have no idea on any of those. So that's that's kind of exciting. So that'll be fun whenever I get to play that. And who knows, maybe Pierce will be on again maybe. for never played for that show. Black. Like you, you still do have a borrowed DS with you, so uh, who knows? Yeah, he hasn't asked for it back yet. So. <laughs> I have the full DS catalog available to me. Uh, well, uh, you know, while we have a little bit of time left, uh, that was that was certainly a, a long, good conversation about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. I, I think we both agree that um, it's a good. It's a solid Pokemon adventure. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, and I can see myself revisiting it, even, uh, because 
there's a lot of things I missed. <laughs> so these are the third best-selling Pokemon games uh, behind Gold and Silver and the original Red and Blue. Um, uh, Ruby and Sapphire did not sell super great, uh, and, and that's probably because they're not great games. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, where where would you rank uh, Diamond and Pearl in your pantheon of Pokemon? You know, it would still be Gen 1 and Gen 2 in that order. Uh, Gen 1 for nostalgia's sake. Gen 2 uh, because I, I, like, I mean, you... I won't. I don't want to run you down about. Um, <laughs> I don't want to know all about your new your problems with Gen two, but uh, it'd still be like yeah, Gen one and Gen two, and then Gen three. But I think the gap is a lot closer than it is, or Gen four. I mean, um, I think the gap is a lot closer between those three games than it is with Gen three, which is very far down on that list. And there'd just be blank spaces on my list of best Pokemon games, and then Gen three would come <laughs> yeah. up. It's like, ah, I haven't played Black and White, but I'm sure they're better than Ruby and Sapphire, yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they can be better in my mind. Yeah, and I think I'm somewhat close to that. Uh, I, I think uh, X and Y have definitely made a really good impression, and they're probably up there for, for like, that third. But, yeah, my two, my two, still, my two top spots are, are Red and Blue first, then Gold and Silver. Uh, oh. Even though I, I would recommend people to play the, the remakes of both of those right, games yeah. rather than the originals. I love I love the originals. I, I could see myself going back and playing some original red or original blue for sure. Uh, you know, pulling off missing no tricks and and things like that. But um, there is something nice about the 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 look and convenience and the running shoes that you would not have That's in the first game. So huge. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those, there's definitely some some cool stuff in there, uh, especially with the remakes where they where they give you a little bit extra in terms of uh, uh, story stuff and and uh, uh, you know just places to go and things to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, but Diamond and Pearl were were fun. They are fun games. They are they are well made. They're pretty solid. Uh, people people should go out there if they if they like Pokemon. And they haven't played these games. They are they're pretty solid games to to choose. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's get off Pokemon for a second. Uh, we are here in the in the year two thousand and fifteen. Uh, it is currently August, uh, so we're kind of gearing up for the big glut of awesome titles that are coming out in the next few months. Um, what specifically are you looking forward to, Pierce? Uh, fuck all those other games. I'm looking forward to Fallout 4 <laughs> and only Fallout 4. Yeah, um, I mean, I am too. Uh, there, the, the story just came out uh, somewhat recently, uh, this weekend uh, at least, uh, that Fallout 4, like one, of, one of the designers said he's been playing it for 400 hours and he still doesn't feel like he's touched a lot of the game. And so, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's true. Uh, I, I'm sure there's also some a little bit of exaggeration on some of right, that part, yeah. but and also 400, 400 hours is not like a selling point to me. I don't really care how long the game is. I just want it to be a good game. Yeah, I have no doubt that it's going to be a good game. Uh, just from playing Fallout Three and, and Skyrim and knowing Bethesda to be a, a pretty solid game studio, um, I there's going to just the stuff I've seen in that game looks so cool especially the uh customization stuff with the gear 
uh, the guns specifically, of being able to to go in and tweak the guns with items that you find in the world. I, I just remember going around Fallout Three, and you find so much just garbage, like not even not even vendor trash, where it's like, oh yeah, I can I'll pick this up and sell it later because it's not as helpful in Fallout because the merchants all have a very specific amount of money to to spend. Right. Right. Um, but like, what do you do with Wonder Glue, or what do you do with these toy cars? And it's like, yeah, you can pick them up, you can put them in your house if you want, uh, but they don't really do anything for you. But now in Fallout Four, you're going to be able to take these items and break them down as components, and then those components can be used to build uh, new weapons or new attachments for your weapons and um, different things in the world. You'll be able to build your own settlement kind of thing with these components uh so it it really makes going out and finding you know these these things that you thought were garbage from previous games and and really making them into something that's going to help you Uh, so that really excites me yeah definitely i mean like you said i i think there is a level of trust here and we can expect um greatness again i think anything short of that is going to be disappointing yeah, definitely. Um, but that game comes out November 10th, uh, so there's still a ways away for that, but that's uh, that's looking good. Uh, I've got a couple other things on my radar, too. Uh, sadly, not a whole lot in the handheld space. Um, I think, really, the... Like, looking at my list here, I only have two, uh, and that's uh, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, which, I don't know, I, I want to play that game. <laughs> um... <laughs> I've enjoyed Animal Crossing games in the past, um, but I I kind of like the idea of a more focused one uh, that I can just do some of the housing stuff on. I, I, it sounds somewhat interesting. I know that's not necessarily a game targeted to me, but uh, it, it intrigues me enough that I want to give it a shot. Uh, and then another game that also is not exactly my style, uh, but I want to play it anyway, is uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Uh, that is the uh, Persona dancing rhythm game for the Vita. Uh, I'm not a big dancing rhythm game fan, but uh, I like Persona a lot, and uh, I'm sure that game is not going to be exactly what I want it to be, but I'm going to play it anyway. But you're going to play it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm weak. Uh, but there but there are lots of great console games. I know this is a is a handheld game podcast, but there are really cool console games i'm excited about i actually just got a copy of the witcher 3 and started that yesterday uh have been enjoying it a a little bit so far i definitely need to get more into it before i can have a better idea but uh metal gear solid 5 uh, is coming out september 1st super mario maker sounds awesome that comes out september 11th uh there's new destiny expansion pierce which i will not be playing that you will probably playing that but i will not you know i think a stand i think i'm finally i'm finally off the destiny train um and and i don't see myself getting back on for a for a while however i I am weak in other aspects of uh companies taking advantage of gamers dollars and the fact that i really want the nathan drake collection uh for ps4 when it comes out all right that's interesting i I miss you know I, i miss ps3 because i was playing 360 and I play my PC a lot, um, so I, I know a lot of people have a lot of problems with 
remastered editions, especially from just a generation past. But I missed a lot of those games, and now that I'm on back on the Sony bandwagon, uh, I'm glad I get to get a chance to play them again. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I've I've never really been a big fan of the Uncharted games, uh, but I really do like The Last of Us, and I, and I know Naughty Dog is a is a really good developer, uh, despite how much I'm not a fan of the Uncharted games. So. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, and then the one I'm most excited about is Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, yeah. It's coming out November 17th, and uh, I will take a break from Fallout for a little bit at least to uh, to play some Battlefront, which I've I always loved the original Battlefront games. The, the first and second one are awesome. Um, and I, I know like, we get a... This is a whole new developer. This is DICE. It's going to play a lot more like... Battlefield, which I've never really been a fan of the Battlefield series, but um, as long as as long as I can still have my kind of single player conquesty modes, because uh, I'm I'm not too interested in playing it online, uh, and it sounds like that's what they're offering at least that they're going to have online, but they'll also have these some of these single player, not necessarily story stuff, but at least mission things that I can play. As long as it looks gorgeous and I can play in first person and third person and you know fly ships and shoot guns and do all those cool Star Warsy things, I'm going to be excited. So um, yeah, I'm definitely uh, excited, especially as more gets released about it and I watch more videos. Um, just because it's EA, I think there's uh, some hesitation on my part. Sure. But now that it, I mean, it, it looks really good. <laughs> I really want to play it now. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was the same way. I love the original Battlefront, um, and my brother is a big fan. And since he's so far away, we'll definitely be playing that online. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably play with you. Nice, sounds good. Um, like, yeah, like, I mean, there are other great console games too, like Halo Five and and Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five are both coming out this year too. But uh, honestly, in terms of handheld games, I feel like it's been kind of a down year. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of games that came out this year for handhelds and you know i'm not i'm kind of struggling to to think of things um you know i i'll i'll obviously do my research more for for our game of the year thing that i'll that i'll do um but i've i've got a few uh i mean we we did an episode on box boy with magic air a few times a few uh, episodes ago and that's awesome um but uh yeah like coming up with other stuff off the top of my head it's been Handheld games was kind of a kind of a down year. A desert. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But uh, it's been a. It seems like it's going to be a great year for console games once we get these we, these next few heavy hitters out. So uh, not hurting for games certainly, but uh, hopefully no, twenty sixteen might be a little bit better in the handheld space, uh, and it's going to be because a new Fire Emblem's coming out, and I'll I'll that'll be the best game that comes out. That's next where your year life will sure. go. Yeah, I know. I'll I'll take off from Fallout to play that, uh, and then probably go back and play some more Fallout too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Pierce, I've definitely taken up enough of your time as well as our listeners, uh, but I want to thank you for coming on, uh, Pierce. How can people find you if they want to, you know, hear more of your thoughts or I don't know feelings about stuff? I tweet many snarky things at uh, on my Twitter account, which is at PJ Um P-J-C-O-U-R-C-H-A-I-N-E. Uh, yeah, I guess you can follow me there. I don't really have uh, a blog anymore. I don't, I don't have a fancy podcast like Chase does. Mm-hmm. 
So but you that's are the only way you, you are in the process of getting a book out. Yeah, yeah, I've been working on a book uh, for a while. So look for that. Look for some buzz going on. I'm not ready to uh, release any more details about that. But Pierce Corshane is a name you will know in the next couple of years. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on. As always, it's always a lot of fun, and hopefully, we can make this happen again sometime soon. I know you're trying to get me to play something else, but I don't know if you're ready to talk about that with your listeners yet. Well, I'm ready to talk about it if you're ready to play the game. Uh, but if if you're still on the fence, I don't want to I don't want to get everybody's hopes up. So uh, Is there a deadline on when we're going to beat it? There's no deadline. I mean, I'd like it to be I'd like it to be this year. Uh, but yeah. Well, I just I just ordered a um, I don't have Wi-Fi at my PC, which is I know strange. But um, I just ordered um, just like a USB stick for it. So it should come this week, and then I'll get my PC up and running again. Because uh, I, I would prefer to play it on that. I assume it's also on PC. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, This game, uh, I'm going to try to keep it real vague. Uh, this game is uh, iOS and Steam. Uh, it might be on Android as well. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's a game that... Yeah, it'd be it'd be really cool if uh, if Pierce and I could uh, talk about that. But we'll, yeah, we're uh, building buzz. Pierce and I will talk about this more uh, in the in the coming weeks, and then we'll see if we can make it happen. But uh, in terms of gamers on the go, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at GOTG Podcast. You can write into the show uh, uh, GOTG Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, you can also go to our Tumblr page. That's Gamers on the Go dot com. And uh, you can suggest games that you'd like to see either uh, written up as a as a GOTG SP episode or SP blog post. I've done a few of those, and I'm looking forward to, to doing some more. Uh, those have been fun to do, kind of between shows, of just a way to talk about games that might not be worth a, a full uh, episode, um, but are are fun games nonetheless. I think the last one to go up was about uh, P Cross games uh, in general, uh, talking about. Mario's Pacross, Pacross 3D, uh, and then the Pacross E games that uh, that came out for uh, DS and 3DS that are out there right now. Um, uh, but those are those are fun games that I really like. Um, really good puzzle games. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, and then you know, if if your suggestion kind of lines up with something that I'm looking to to play, I've got a huge list of of things that I want to talk about eventually and do shows on. Um, so I'm happy to add more games to that ever-growing list. Um, I can. I, I want to thank uh, again, uh, Living the Nerd Life uh, for for helping to cross promote this show. Uh, you might be listening through through their podcast feed or or the Gamers on the Go feed. You can listen to either. That, that's fine with me. No problems. Um, but those guys have been great. Uh, I know that they've uh, gotten up all the old backlog episodes now. So. Uh, this should be one of the first brand new episodes you're listening to uh, that came that comes out you know when it comes out uh, originally instead of listening to uh, the whole backlog. Uh, but oh, the good that's thing, a big deal. yeah, I mean, it's it's been great. Um, it's it's nice to to be getting kind of on a, a new following uh, with some new people, and you know if people are digging the show, that's great, and uh, it's good. Hopefully, I can get uh, some of the guys from that from that network to uh, to come on here and and be a part of the show as well but uh it's it's been nice uh to you know to help to we're helping each other out and we're doing some cool things so go support them they've got some 
some good content, uh, more kind of general nerdiness stuff than than video games specifically. But if you're, you know, interested in the the superhero movies that are going on, or they're going to uh, a lot of conventions, especially local around St. Louis, but but even more uh, other kind of convention stuff um, for for video games and anime and that kind of stuff, um, they're they're out there. Uh, I believe I'm going to be meeting up with them sometime in September. There's a uh, there's a video game festival uh, going on at one of the, the local colleges that they're going to have uh, some local developers and, and I think uh, some voice actors from some uh, fairly uh, large uh, popular games uh, out there. So it should be fun. Uh, I don't know exactly what Gamers on the Go is going to do with that, but um, you know, if you're listening to the show and you, you like the show, I'll be out there uh, at some, some point. Um, but yeah, lot, lots of cool things going on, and uh, it's it's nice that I can be a part of uh, living the nerd life to, to help those guys out. Um, I think we're probably good. I've got I've got a couple ideas of of new shows. This was kind of the last show of a of a group that I had uh, kind of set and ready to go. Uh, so it might be a little while before the next show. Uh, but I'll I'll see what I can do on, on working with new guests and things. But uh, you can be sure that you'll see more GOTG SP episodes, and and again those go up on GamersOnTheGo.com, um, and you know that that leads to a Tumblr page. So you'll see them through the Tumblr, um, or uh, they also go uh, uh, they get posted every time up on the uh, the Twitter page. Uh, so if you just want to follow the Twitter, you'll still get all the info from that. So. Yeah, that's that's about it. Pierce, again, thanks for coming on. It's always yeah, great man. to talk to you. Uh, Pokemon is a is a fun game series that I've always enjoyed. I know I have a lot of Pokemon episodes. This is our forty third episode, and I'm sure Pokemon is taken up, man, maybe a quarter, maybe a quarter of the episodes when I think about it. When I think, <laughs> oh man, there's there's been a red and blue show. There's been a gold and silver show. There's been a Ruby and Sapphire show. Now there's a Diamond and Pearl show. There was a Conquest show last week or last uh, episode. Have you ever done pinball? I haven't done pinball. I have done trading card game, which is awesome. Uh, I love trading card game. Uh, that might be it, but that's still. Oh, and then there was an Alpha, Alpha Sapphire Omega Ruby episode as well. So there, there have been a lot. I, I understand this. This show is. Very highly skewed towards Pokemon, and I, I try to kind of keep them sparing. Uh, but they're great games, and they they've had a, a massive effect on on me as I've grown up. So I uh, I enjoy talking about those kinds of games. So, uh, but we'll have something new and different for you next time. But thanks again for listening, and I'll see you then. Bye. Bye.